Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're on the eve of another test summer. It starts with three tests versus Pakistan and finishes finishes with two tests against the West Indies in the new year. You can catch every ball, the test, the one days, and the BBL this summer live across the SEN network. And as always, Jared Waitley will be a big part of the coverage and he joins us this morning. Morning, Jared. Jules, good morning. I feel like we need the cricket to start, don't we? I was going to After gonna... a, a couple of weeks of debate. It has. What have you made of... I mean, the debate, obviously, the Mitch Johnson situation in the last sort of 18 hours, uh, Usman Khawaja. What have you made of all the, the goings-on in the build-up to this test? I feel like that's what happens in the dormant phase before competition begins. It's it's true in the build-up to an AFL season. It's true in the lead-up to an Olympics, and it's certainly been true for cricket. I, I feel like a little bit of the glow of what's been achieved has, has been rubbed off during it. Um they're all worthwhile debates. Is Warner's presence at the top of the order has been a, a debate for 12 months as to whether he should have finished up at the end of the last Australian summer and taken his bow at the SCG after he made his 200 at the MCG. He was 11 of 11 in terms of specialist batters who played all five tests at the Ashes, but Australia is, is determined to have him at the top of the order. I think what it does show is... Uh, if they were hoping for a, a lovely farewell, mm. it's it's much more fractious than that, and that was a, a misjudgment. But it is, if you take the... I mean, Andrew McDonald sat in, in that studio and, and said, There's, we don't future-proof anymore. The World Test Championship has has taken the onus off preparing for another day and prioritised the, the best team for the here and now. So, and part of it also, I think, owes Jules, is there are low expectations for Pakistan, that's not to be dismissive because they are enigmatic and they can be brilliant, but this is not a well-stocked Pakistan team all the way through and their record on this shores with far better teams yeah. than this is, is pretty terrible. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. They've, they've had some really good teams come out of here since 1995 and, and haven't got the job done. I've been noticing on Fox Cricket, they showed a bit of that series from 99 when there was that amazing uh, partnership between Adam Gilchrist and Justin Langer down in Hobart yeah. and Pakistan had an amazing team uh, for that tour. Did you read anything out of the tour match in terms of Pakistan or was it a little bit difficult given how very, very different the wicket will be in Perth and, and, and for the three test matches compared to what was served up in Canberra? Yeah, I was, I'm a bit surprised by the kerfuffle. They were very unlikely to get a pitch that mirrored Perth because there's no pitches in yes. the country that mirror Perth. So... Um, I would have thought in this day and age they'd be grateful for a long-form game. The problem clearly was what happened with the covers and it denied them the cricket that they might have wanted. Shah Massoud played brilliantly 
Uh, and I think the, the watch on Pakistan is, are they taking the cues of Basball? Um, in their test series against Sri Lanka, they played at a fearsome pace, uh, as we've seen from the, the English sides over the past couple of years. And then uh, I was reading Dan Bredig's piece in The Age today where Masood speaks at length of the training camp that they went to and, and batters were encouraged to try all sorts of different shots and see what would suit them. So I think this is the, the current evolution is which teams are going to take their lead from Ball, And I think Pakistan will attempt that I just feel like it will be it'll be incredibly difficult in Perth, given how that looks with the grass cover. But it might suit it might suit Sydney, and I'm not quite sure what we get in Melbourne at the moment. The Shield games have been so heavily favoured mm. for the ball. So uh, if they are enterprising and entertaining, I think they will win plaudits for that. The trouble is that. They don't have much experience beyond their top four. We know Imam Ul-Haq, Abdullah Shafiq, Shan Masood, and Baba Azam is one of the great batters of the world. From there, it, it thins out in terms of experience, and that's not a great template for these shores. And what about on the bowling side of things uh, for Pakistan, Joe? We know Shaheen Afridi is a very, very good bowler, and if he gets some good conditions, he could trouble the Australian batters. Is there anything else in their bowling lineup that, the can warriors. Um, no, my view is Australia will make plenty of mm. runs across these three tests. Um, Hassan Ali and Noman Ali are their other quicks, and uh, I wouldn't run them down. But it's highly unlikely they would present a huge threat to Australia. So, Shaheen Afridi is is where it all sits. Um, they've had bad luck with an injury to their spinner, so they're a bit betwixt and between as to what to do, and and playing an all-rounder at seven. So they've got some decisions to make, and I always feel to be successful here, I reckon the touring side needs to be just so settled and so confident in what they're trying to do, and I think circumstances are conspiring against that for Pakistan. Yeah, it's going to be tough, uh- David Warner's situation, it's a little bit, is it a little bit sad that um, there's not a celebration of David Warner's career, given how good he has been for us at the top of the order? And also, he's going to get to Sydney, isn't he? I mean, uh, Crash, yes, Crash's yes. view is that if we lost the test match and David Warner failed twice, he might be in trouble. Do, do you see it that way at all? I don't. I, I think they've... They've chosen their course. They they did the same in the Ashes. Is there was discussion externally about whether Warner should play all five tests, but there was never that discussion internally. Once they made their choice, they were going to stick with it. I think there will be a celebration of Warner because so much of the coverage comes from Fox Cricket, who are going to be his next employer, mm. and I think I think they will um, go to enormous lengths. Um, to celebrate what has been a, a revolutionary career. So that's, I feel like you don't want to intertwine the two debates. Is We don't need to run down Warner's legacy at the moment. It's just a question of whether he should still be opening. And the additional point is we're not really farewelling him from Australian cricket, is he may very well play. He mm. might very well be the anchor point of the white ball set up for another four years. So we're not suddenly going to lose... Uh, his his robust and belligerent batting that's going to be in front of us. So I, I think it's been... Um, I, I just feel like they haven't quite dealt with this right over maybe 18 months as he has progressively diminished 
as a test cricketer and it's going to lead to a degree of awkwardness as to whether the celebration happening in the television coverage actually resonates in the lounge rooms and the pubs given that he is an abrasive figure. So it looks like we've got three more tests with Dave Warner and and, and who replaces him at the top of the order is a, is a fascinating discussion. We saw Matt Renshaw, you know, make a, a good score and, and, and batted well up in that uh, Prime Minister's 11 game. Crash said on Monday he'd like to see a Mitch Marsh go to the top of the order and, and, and that way he can get Cameron Green back in the side. Which way do you think they should go? Bring in a specialist opener or rejig the current lineup and yes. uh, put someone else up at the top? It's such a good question around the philosophy is, do you want to pick the six best batters in the country and then put them into slots, or do you want to pick specialised positions? So it was really clear uh, when McDonald spoke to us that they were thinking about uh, not the traditional mm. route, not the specialist opener, which I think gives you a little insight into they don't quite believe in any of the three no. of them. Now, whether they should or they shouldn't, um, that that is it's a great debate, but they just don't quite believe in any of them. So I feel like they'll have a look against the West Indies at a rejigged lineup. And the wind is blowing for Mitch Marsh, isn't it? it is, I think it started with the idea of Manus Labuschagne. I think that was very real, but Labuschagne's not up for it. Travis Head, what do you deny yourself at five? Um, so it, it feels like Mitch Marsh. Now, a lot can happen across three tests, including injury. Um, so it might not be necessary by the time that we get there. But as we sit here entering the test summer, I feel like they will, they'll have a play with the six bets batters against the West Indies and see how it feels. And then they've got two tests in New Zealand, which are going to be a far greater challenge, that highly likely to be green tops with the swinging ball. And that's when you, you want to be absolutely settled. What, what is the strategy that we're undertaking with the opening position uh, once you get to New Zealand. So, yeah, I, I think I personally think they'll experiment against the West Indies. You know the voice. We're speaking to Jared Waitley as we build up for the first test between Australia and Pakistan at Perth Stadium tomorrow. I don't, what you said before, and Andrew McDonald makes the point with the World Test Championship, now that every test, test match, you know, there's something on the line and therefore sort of blooding players from the future it's a little bit different now, but you mentioned, obviously, we're going to have a look at what's going to happen with the opening the batting in the West Indies series. Should we be having a look at some bowlers? Should we be having a look at Lance Morris at some stage in one of these five test matches this summer? I hope so, um, because the, the frontline three have done so much work. So you need them to be ready for the two tests against New Zealand. So you start the summer with your best lineup, And that's clearly what Australia is doing. That's what they feel. They're going to present that in Perth. You would expect them to, to win well there. I have no doubt Boland plays the MCG because he's the specialist at the track there. So that's your, your fourth quick. Then they go to Sydney, which has been just a, a miserable wicket for a few years. So you just need to wait to see what's going to happen. And then I think they'll unleash Morris either in... Adelaide or in Brisbane, maybe Brisbane with the pink, um, to give a breather to, to well, Cummins won't take a breather, will he? So Stark and Hazelwood, I wouldn't expect each of them to play the full five tests. So I think there are sort of better options um, to have them right for New Zealand in tests six and seven of this assignment. So I think they'll be a little bit careful on that front. And also, I, I put the rider in, is we have had injury to the fast bowlers in recent home summers, which is 
uh, forced changes which might not have been foreseen. So, yeah, I think Australia's quest, so let's not um, have any misgivings about this, is to win all five tests mm. for the World Test Championship. You have to dominate at home and then pick up what you can on the road. So Australia won't do anything to compromise winning all five. Winning the series is not enough. You have to pick off the five tests at home to build your position within the World Test Championship. And that'll be the that'll be the starting point. And then beyond that, where opportunity arises, I think they'll sneak a look here and there. The Usman Khawaja situation, Jared, that's emerged in the last 24 hours, you know, sporting the shoes yesterday, freedom is a human right and all lives are equal. Simon O'Donnell was really strong this morning that he shouldn't be allowed to wear those shoes during the test match and have some sort of political message. How do you think this plays out between now and the first ball tomorrow? Yeah, I, I don't know is the short answer, but it is... It's something that Cricket Australia will have to deal with. Um, I, I can't honestly say whether I know they have a policy. Is You think through some of our other sports. The Olympics has a, a, a no-protest policy for its athletes um, on this front. I don't know what Cricket Australia's position is. So I would think once those shoes became public yesterday and that the photographs that adorn the, the front of the, the papers, there will be conversations about what, what does Kawaja want to say? What are the implications of it? What is the right venue for that? Is it enough to have done it at training? He's got he certainly got the coverage mm. of his message today that he would have liked. Um, does the ICC have a role in that? This is such a hotbed topic in Australia and internationally at the moment. So I think it will be I think it will be top of the agenda behind closed doors today so that they all reach an agreed position before the test starts. Do you have an issue with it? Um, I, I'd, I'd like to hear what Usman... I'd like to hear from Usman before forming my view. Mm. No, that's fair enough. That is fair enough. And what are you expecting in Perth in terms of crowd numbers? And also yes. interesting comments from Crash the other day, and others share this thought, um, Ed Cowan the same... When it comes to Cam Bancroft, we know they're very passionate about Cam over in WA. Do you think there's still some residual from Sandpaper Gate that might be holding him back in terms of test selection? The psyche of West Australian sports fans is a PhD, Jules. <laughs> I don't know whether we would do justice to it in a couple of minutes. Um, you sort of have to be on the ground there to fully appreciate the local mood. Uh, here's one thing I'll say. Poor crowds at the Perth test are not a new phenomenon. No. And they're not linked to individual players or coaches at this moment in time. So last year, there was absolutely zero promotion around the test whatsoever. And when we sought out the senior staff of the WACA to come on the coverage, we were told they were on annual leave during the test match. <laughs> so that, that told me a lot about the lack of local presentation of it. So I think the idea of the West test is snappy. And the truth is they have to find what the identity of their test match is. So we're spoiled in Melbourne with the Boxing Day test. They're spoiled in Sydney with the New Year's test. Adelaide has has built the best test of every summer with what they've, they've put uh, around the ground and the social side of it, the pilgrimage to it. 
Brisbane's lost its place at the top of the summer, which was always their thing, and there was travel to that. So there's a long-term question for Brisbane, which really won't be answered until the Gabba is, is reborn. But Perth doesn't have an identity for its test. They will argue that it's because they've been shuffled around. Um, I don't think they've put the work into it. They asked for a pink ball test against New Zealand. They were granted it. It was relatively successful, as is my memory of being over there for it with the crowds. Um, it doesn't quite work on the East Coast with the time slot, but it's totally on them. There was nothing around the town and there was nothing around the ground last year to build up their test match and to have a sense of pride in it, to get people through the gates and to want to be there. And I think it's a cheap, lame excuse that it was a protest against Justin Langer's removal because I think it's a much longer-term issue that Perth needs to get on with solving right now. And the slogan of the West Test, I hope, works for them. I hope it's I hope it's everywhere over there, and I hope that there's a, a rallying call to get to the cricket and show that their test means something to them. They want it to have character and identity, and more than that, they want to be part of it because they don't have any trouble getting their crowds to their big bash games for the Scorchers mm. and all the presentation around that. So where's the where's the effort? Um, I think they're finally getting to the effort. Just one more before I let you go, Jared. Just on that, uh, it, it, sort of crowds. Uh, I'm assuming you heard Kerry O'Keefe's comments where he says he, he fears that we're losing our love for cricket and he gets a bit sick at this time of the year. People still talking about AFL or still people talking about NRL and making their predictions next year. Has he got a point? Um, I disagree with that and I think this year is I've never known a year of engagement in cricket like it and I can only you can only bring it back to so what did we do together the the morning after Australia won at Edgbaston uh, I could have done three straight hours with people and the sense of pride in what the team had achieved and what it meant we lived through the World Cup together um, flashpoints in the ashes and in India. I feel like this has been a, a stellar calendar year and I think it has engaged people. Um, there are, and, and even the Warner debate, people are absolutely passionate about their position of yes or no. So, yeah, there, there's the our dominant codes are our two football codes, depending on where you are, and that never disappears from our conversation at SEN. But I feel like the peak moments of cricket clearly eclipsed footy during the, the season itself. It's just you have to reach those peak moments. There's there's fewer players to fixate on than there are in the AFL. There's one team rather than 18 teams to work through. And they're dormant for a long time, whereas our, our footy codes play right through um, you know, most days of the winter. So, no, I, I think the engagement in cricket and the interest in the team and the debate around it has peaked this year um, at a level I haven't seen since the disenchantment that followed Sandpaper Gate. One small one before I let you go. How is Disneyland and how is Kane? <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I had a week off and I really didn't tell anyone that I took my 11-year-old um, son who's mad on the NBA. There was there was a day in at Crypto where Steph Curry was playing the afternoon game and LeBron James was playing the night game. I thought, well, this, will, this opportunity will never good. happen again. And he's so mad on it right now. I thought, I'll take him over and we'll have a father-son trip. We'll tack on some ice hockey where we went and watched the Kings and then have a couple of days at, at Disneyland and 
and fly home. And I sort of had all the points to do it. And, um, and then I literally bumped into Kane at Disneyland. And I swear, before we'd even shaken hands, he'd put it on social media. I thought, <laughs> the jig's up there. <laughs> so, uh, no, so I must say, I, it was just a beautiful... Um, it was a beautiful week to have yeah, nice. my son. And to be able to... He's old enough where he'll remember seeing Steph and LeBron, and it was... Um, it was really something. And, and Mickey Mouse has signed a new long-term deal with Disneyland, but we won't tell Jared. Uh, we won't tell Kane about that one. Uh, Jared, uh, thank you so much. We can't wait for the coverage to get underway. Australia versus Pakistan. Hopefully, good crowd supporting this West Test in Perth. Uh, we can't wait for the coverage tomorrow. I tell you what, Jules, we're absolutely stacked. Damian Fleming and Simon Kaddish, Ian Smith. Beautiful. I think most would regard as the best cricket commentator in the world. Uh, he's going to be with us every day, every session of every day. So, no, uh, it's going to be... Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing this team in action after the year that they've had. Absolutely. It's been a great year for Australian cricket. Uh, Jared, thanks for your time. I look forward to chatting throughout. Terrific, Jules.